Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Yeah, final question for you about this Friday. Is it going to take a little extra, um, I mean, I mean, let's see, how am I going to phrase this here? Uh, the turn five, the different, you mentioned the short course. You've never run the short course before. Uh, we have to edit this. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going. Hey, Kyle, welcome. There's called words and they come out of your uh, mouth. Uh, <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome in to NASCAR Coast to Coast presented by Wheelin Engineering. On the road, in the air, and around the world, Wheelin is trusted to be seen. Trusted to be heard and trusted to perform. Welcome in to MRN HQ here in Concord, North Carolina. I'm MRN pit reporter Chris Wilner. MRN announcer Kyle Ricky out at Stafford Speedway. Looks like a beautiful day, Kyle. Uh, we've had some weird and wacky wild weather down here in Charlotte. Hot and stormy, uh, but things look nice up by your neck of the woods. How's it going? It's not hot. It's about 66 degrees right now. It is overcast. It rained this morning, uh, but it is dry now. So, yeah, it's a fairly pleasant day out at, uh, here in northeastern Connecticut, and um, hopefully it stays dry because as we record this episode, the NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour will be racing just about 30 miles from here at the Thompson Speedway Motorsports Park later tonight. So hopefully the weather cooperates for them as well. And I'm just going to go out on a limb and guess you're going to be going to that race, correct? You're going on a limb, and you are correct. It's a very uh, short limb. <laughs> I I figure, I figure, just being right up the road. Good stuff, Kyle. Well, we'll talk about that coming up in a little bit when we get to the schedule. But first things first, let's talk about the week that was. A lot of racing going on. Of course, I was down at IRP for the Arc Menard Series and Arc East combo event. Two races to go in the Arc East season. Championship battle down to 11 points coming into the weekend. Let's start there because, Kyle, I don't think I was expecting the kind of race we saw at IRP. I mean, anytime we get Arca Menard Series and our Arca cars in general on a short track, they put put on good racing. But Jesse Love and William Sawalich, I think, had the longest stretch of consecutive side-by-side racing laps for the lead I think I've ever seen, and it was good stuff. We've seen that at IRP and in the Truck Series. That We've seen it in the, the uh, I know, the Old Bush Series years ago. I think Jason Leffler was in that battle where they went side-by-side for, like, 30 laps for the race lead. And that's what makes IRP, Lucas Oil, Indianapolis Raceway Park, so special. And I think that's why NASCAR wanted to go back there. The Arkham and Art Series has been going back now for a few years. The truck's in their second year. Uh, and it's because of the multi-groove wide short track that, you know, you pack the place. The racing is great. And, you know, we saw a fantastic race once again for the Arkham and Art Series. And uh, surprise, surprise, Jesse Love picked up yet another win, um, but but he he earned it. Yeah, he had to earn it for sure. When you talk about IRP, and again, it's 200 laps with just one break for tires, so you've got to manage your tires, so it goes back to those that have that short track experience. And Jesse fell back a little bit. Uh, Sean Hingarani was in there near the end. Uh, he had some damage. He, had, they actually had to, 
put some holes in the front nose to get air to the brakes because he lost the brake fan. So the Venerini Motorsports team was really innovative in doing that. But nonetheless, Jesse had enough left at the end when we had a late caution, got around Luke Fenhaus for the win. His seventh of 2023 and all but I'm assuming going to be locking up the championship just a matter of time unless disaster strikes here in the last uh, third of the season or so. But a good run for Jesse, a good run throughout the field. Some tempers, Connor Jones and Christian Rose, uh, little fisticuffs there with some of the crew members. It wouldn't be IRP short track racing without it. I was going to say, you'll have that at a 5 day smile short track with the Arkham Menards series. A combo event, a lot on the line, several races within a race. Contact is made, and there's always some hurt feelings, but uh, luckily no one was hurt. Everything got ironed out, and uh, we head to Watkins Glen this weekend with what, a 98-point lead for Jesse Love right now. So, yeah, he's he doesn't have it clinched yet, but he's pretty darn close. Frankie Muniz still is second for those of you wondering about the Malcolm in the Middle star. Uh, did tell me at the airport that that was probably the worst weekend he had in terms of just getting a handle on things. Struggled all weekend. Um, but he, he he had a decent run. Again, finished inside, I believe, the top 10. But at the same time, you know, still losing ground to Jesse. And I think he understands the championship was probably in a long, a long shot in terms of expectations. But I know he wanted to at least put a little more pressure on Jesse. But nonetheless, still holds on to that second spot as they go to Watkins Glen. William Swalich had a good run and then did double duty. Turned right around, had to go run and change out of his race suit into another, drink some water and hop in the truck because he was a part of the NASCAR Truck Series playoff opener, the Craftsman Truck Series at IRP. Uh, and he had a good run, but another driver with grassroots experience that we've had on the show actually last week, last week. in the Spire Motorsports Chevrolet top five run. And he just continues to impress Kyle. I thought he had a shot to win there at the end. He did. Uh, third place run for Lane in, in one, his first start of the season, I believe, running for Spire Motorsports. Second consecutive great run at IRP back-to-back -back years. Uh, fell just short of uh, Christian Eckes, who finished in the second spot, and Ty Majeski, the, the ultimate race winner. But yeah, great run for, for Lane and will be interesting. And we assume, we said it last year and we said it last week talking to him, that one day he'll run full-time and would be fun to see him run for a championship because I think he is very, very capable of doing just that right now at this stage of his career. Absolutely, and I hope the phone's ringing. That's for sure. I do too. He certainly deserves it. Of course, winning the national championship, the weekly national championship last yep. year. Uh, we mentioned grassroots, obviously, Ty Majeski, short track ace, picked up the win. Interesting, though, because, you know, he's told us so many times this week, or really not this week, this month, that going into the postseason, he thought Wisconsin's Milwaukee Mile was going to be the place. I mean, that's his home track. Well, he's going to go in there already locked in the next round, but he may just go up whip on him anyway since he's got a lot of experience there. So we'll see. Uh, that's coming up next week. Arca's back there as well. So good stuff on the short tracks. Let's go north of the border, Kyle, because uh, just did not, last night, actually, or two nights ago, whenever we're recording this, Ken Schrader, yeah, the Kenny Schrader, 68 years young, put the whooping on him at Oshweekin Speedway for the NASCAR Pinty Series on the dirt. Really cool to see Kenny, and obviously Kenny's – not running full-time, you know, a lot on the national slate. Still runs the dirt car plenty of times throughout the year and runs has run SRX. But to be in that talented field in a limited start in a Pinty Series car to go out and win, that's huge. 
well, 68 years of age with about, you know, 60 years of dirt experience. I mean, he has a lot of still running that dirt car across the country whenever he can. Um, it was a it was a great race. Uh, it was a long race uh, for those that watched live on flow. A lot of caution flags. The yellow flag laps did not count toward the 100 lap distance. And um, they were they were spinning left and right. I mean, they'd go into turn one and a few would go around and turns three and four, you'd have a truck or a, a car backwards. So it reminded me of the first truck race at the Eldora Speedway many years ago when it was brand new to the truck series. Uh, kind of had the same look the other night for what was supposed to be and still will be one of two races at Oshweekin Speedway for the NASCAR Pinty Series. Race number two on uh, Tuesday night was delayed until Wednesday because of rain. Uh, in fact, uh, borderline flooding conditions up there at the racetrack. Things are better today, so they expect to run here later on this evening. That season winding down, just three to go after tonight. That's right. So those of you tuning into the show, you probably already know who have won. Don't spoil it for us because we're going <laughs> to here on Wednesday. Uh, speaking of short tracks, of course, we talked about the Arkham Menard series doing a great job at IRP. Well, then they turn right around and go left and right at Watkins Glen this weekend. And a couple fresh faces will join the field. One of those, Brent Cruz, we've talked about a few times on this show. The other is Connor Zilich. And when we talk about a driver that's got a whole tool bag full of skill sets, whether it's driving TA2, Trans Am cars, Mazda MX-5, Spec Miata cars, uh, go-karts, micros, you name it, he's been in it. Well, he's making his Arkham Menard Series debut for Pinnacle Racing Group. And he's going to talk about it, plus his racing season and even a little bit of announcing gigs, so we may be our jobs on the line here, Kyle. So coming up next on the flip side of the break, we're going to talk with Connor Zillich making his debut this weekend at Watkins Glen. Wheelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, designs and manufactures reliable and powerful warning lights, white illumination lighting, sirens, controllers and warning systems for the automotive, aviation and mass notification industries worldwide. Wheeland products are designed, sourced and manufactured in America and tested on site to meet the toughest industry standards. Wheeland Engineering, manufactured in America for over 70 years. We never left and we're here to stay. Engineering, as promised, the driver making his Arkham and Art Series debut this weekend at Watkins Glen. It is the one and only Connor Zillage. Connor, good to have you. And we were just talking before uh, we had you on this segment. You've been here, there, and everywhere, racing literally everything all the time. How did the Arca deal come together? Because this is big. Yeah, it's uh, it's really big for me, and I'm super excited to to get to Watkins Glen and, and make my Arca debut. I've known about this for a while now, and. Um, you know, I've wanted to make my debut on a road course. Obviously, I come from a karting background on, on asphalt road course. And, um, you know, I've been to Europe and, and spent a lot of time racing, racing on, on, on lefts and rights. So, um, you know, it's kind of what I'm used to and what I'm good at. So to kind of make my debut on a road course is, is more my style. And, um, you know, I'm really excited to get there um, with Chevrolet. Obviously, they've been supporting me and helping me a lot. And, um, you know, they kind of put the deal together with PRG. And, and Luke Fenhouse has been racing for them this year. And me and him have spent a lot of time together, whether it's working out or, or just hanging out as friends. And, and um, you know, we're, we're basically teammates in, in the Chevrolet program. So, um, you know, to join a, a team with Shane Huffman and all those guys, I think we'll have a really good shot at it this week. So, um, you know, just excited to get there and, and show them what I've got. 
How do you prepare for this Friday? Because obviously the ARCA car is much different than the Mazda, than the Trans Am car, than a lot of the cars that you're used to turning right and left with. Yeah, thankfully I had actually a day to, to test the car and kind of get used to it. And it's definitely a lot different. Um, the weight is the biggest difference. Just it's over 400, 500 pounds heavier than like a TA2 car with um, that I usually race. So um, it definitely reacts to, to things a lot different. And, um, you know, that took some getting used to, but I'm glad I got that test day to kind of understand what the car feels like. And, um, you know, we've made a lot of adjustments on the car. So I know kind of what I need to ask for and what I need to expect out of the car come Friday. So um, obviously there's a lot of simulation stuff you can do. And um, Josh Wise, you know, he helps all the cup guys and Xfinity guys prepare for Watkins Glen. So, you know, I sit in pre-race meetings with those guys and um, kind of just soak in as much as I can before I get there. Um, there's a lot of knowledge floating around and in, in the areas that I spend a lot of time in. So just um, being a sponge and, and trying to soak it all up and um, kind of give myself the best chance going to Watkins Glen. And, um, you know, I feel like this is the race. I've never been this prepared for a race before. So um, I feel pretty confident about it. And, um, you know, I, I feel like I'm pretty knowledgeable at Watkins Glen at this point, even though I've, I've been there twice before, but never the short track. So it'll be different. But um, you know, I've done a lot of preparation, so I think I'll be ready. Well, word of warning for the competitors listening to the show, because when Connor's confident, look out, he, he's going to make a charge. <laughs> you talked about the difference between the cars, right? And preparing the ARCA car versus the TA2 and the Mazda, but as a road racing driver with a road racing background, I know you have a specific driving style, right? You talk to guys that left foot brake or, or do different things when shifting. Did you have to change anything with the ARCA car? Or can you just kind of get in your own rhythm? It's just more learning the handling of the car. Um, the biggest thing for me was the braking and, and understanding the timing on the downshifts. Um, you know, with the TA2 car, as soon as you get on the brake pedal, you're banging gears, downshifting as fast as you can because there's not really wheel hop in those cars. You have to really mess up to wheel hop. So, um, you know, just slowing down my downshifts and, um, you know, different brake technique to, to maximize the brake zone was the biggest thing. But, um, you know, finding like the limit of the tire, I think came pretty easy to me, but just understanding how to get into the corner as best, best as possible was the toughest thing for me on that test day. So we've talked about it a couple of times now, uh, your very busy schedule this year. I think I read somewhere 35 weekends among what, four or five different series. What yeah. has your season looked like thus far coming into this weekend? Yeah, I've been really busy racing a bunch of different stuff and, um, you know, cars tour, late model racing. So short track stuff. And then Trans Am, I'm running the full season in Trans Am. I've done a few Mazda MX-5 Cup races, which are are really fun to, to race in. And, um, you know, I did that at Daytona on, on the big track and then St. Pete, the street course. Um, so, and then Laguna Seca as well. And then Trans Am this season, we've done nine races this year. I've won three of those. So it's been a really good year for, for my silver hair team in, in that series. And, um, you know, we've really stepped up our game from last year. So, um, you know, things have been going really well and I feel like I've got a lot of momentum as a driver coming into this week. And, um, you know, I've been, my confidence has been coming up and, um, you know, everything I've been getting in, I've been doing better and better every time I get in it. So, um, the late model racing, I feel like from where I started the year to where I am now, I'm a lot better at it. And, um, you know, I feel like I'm gaining a lot of respect in, in that series. So, um, you know, just getting comfortable and, and, and still challenging myself, right. I race so many different things and, um, that's really what I enjoy is not being good at stuff. Cause I want to be good at everything. So, um, every time I get in something that I might struggle in, 
I always try extra hard to, to make my, make sure that I can um, get better at it and, and focus on it. So, you know, when I go race at Millbridge, every time I qualify 15th or whatever and, and run third place or fourth place in a heat race, it pisses me off and I want to, I want to do better. So, um, you know, doing that stuff, I feel like it makes me a better driver and, and makes me learn how to kind of be used to kind of get used to being uncomfortable. I'm glad you mentioned Millbridge because I think sometimes, you know, we look at drivers and we, and you're not the only one that's kind of come through the Millbridge ranks that we've had on the show. It's, it's the adaptation to dirt. I think is so tough compared to hopping in from different road racing cars. So as, as somebody coming up through the ranks, do you feel like now that that's kind of a prerequisite, like you have to be good at, or at least have dabbled in a lot of different race cars to make it at the next level. I mean, you look at what NASCAR is doing right now and all the, you know, street courses are coming up and you know, we've got, you know, dirt races and things like that. Like, do you feel like that you have to add that to your resume now to help you in the future? Yeah, I definitely feel like when you're a kid and your, your mind's growing and you're learning all these, all these different things. And um, I definitely feel like dabbling in a bunch of different stuff helps and it just challenges you to, to get used to being uncomfortable and, um, you know, a lot of people have told me you got to be comfortable being uncomfortable. So, um, you know, that's one thing that I've taken pretty seriously and, and understood that I'm not going to be good at everything I get in because a lot of things are difficult and people are good at the things that they specialize in. So understanding that and coming to that realization and just understanding that I need to learn when I get in different stuff has helped me a lot. But I definitely do things like Kyle Larson, for example, he can get in almost anything and, and be fast. So um, you know, I think with the way NASCAR is going, kind of going into different stuff, street courses, a lot of road courses, dirt racing, all that, I think being able to, to get in different cars and different um, environments and, and succeed is, is super important. Chris just mentioned running all of these different styles of racing, different types of car to prepare for the future. Where do you, where do you hope the future takes you here in the next few years? Yeah, I, I want to race NASCAR. I grew up wanting to race F1 or, or IMSA or somewhere like that. But, um, you know, the F1 became real unrealistic as I kind of got to 10, 11 years old. I understood that I, I can't really make it there. And um, IndyCar is kind of the same way. It takes a lot of money to get to IndyCar and, um, you know, through the road to Indy. So that's kind of when my idea started changing. And I met Kevin Harvick in, in 2020. And um, he kind of guided me into the, to the NASCAR world. And um, introduced me to a lot of people and, and has kind of put me where I am now. I don't work with him anymore, but he did a lot for me when we did work together. Um, and now I work with Chevy and, and I want to race NASCAR now. And, and that's kind of changed. And I still would, would like to race, race IMSA because I really do enjoy road racing and, um, you know, it's what I come from. So, you know, I kind of want to race everything I can until I have to, to choose one thing to, to, kind of focus on. And that's kind of where I'm at right now. Um, you know, I think in the next two years, I'll, I'll definitely choose one and stick with it. Um, but for now, I'm going to race as much as I can and, and just try and stay in the seat. Kyle Larson brings his Chevy four tires to no racing fuel. From fueling NASCAR champions on the track for over 20 years to innovating 94 octane, the highest octane on the market. Performance is what Sunoco does. All Sunoco fuel at the pump meets the same top tier standards as the fuel used in NASCAR. Money's back here for Ryan Blaney, four tires with Sunoco fuel. From the track to your tank, you can trust Sunoco to help your vehicle perform at at its peak as much as possible yeah i mean you look at this past weekend look at all the sports car and, and road racing drivers that come and run nascar i mean you could be the guy on the flip side maybe run nascar and then 
run these big sports car events and things like yeah. that. The, the, the options are endless. You know, you don't have to definitely choose now. You're still very, very young in your career. Um, you mentioned Kevin Harvick, and, and that's a good person, obviously, when you're going coming up through the ranks to, to, to get to know and obviously helped you out early on. Is there anyone else, you know, throughout your career, and I know especially now with, with Chevy that you kind of lean on to for advice or maybe somebody you look up to uh, in terms of just kind of modeling your, your, your career, I guess, after? Yeah, one guy that really helps me, Josh Wise, um, you know, he he works for Chevy and, and works with all of us young Chevy drivers, and he does a lot for me, and he's kind of one guy I can always lean on for advice. He knows what he did wrong in his career, what he could have done better, So, um, and he's seen all these guys come through, what they've, what they've done, the mistakes that they've made, and he's worked with Larson and, and a bunch of those cup guys that are, are super successful and um, understands what they had to do to, to become successful, so um, you know, I feel like he's got a really good idea of what it takes and, and what you need to do to become the best. So, um, you know, he's a guy that I feel like I can go to and ask anything and he's always there to help me. So, um, you know, if I were to pick one guy, it'd probably be Josh. One of my favorite uh, non-NASCAR weekends of the year is the Rolex 24 weekends. The Mazda MX-5 Cup runs twice during that weekend and they are absolutely amazing races to watch and no matter where they go but especially on the high banks of daytona how has that series helped you develop not only do you need a good race car but you also need to be kind of mentally focused because so much happens over the course of you know a relatively short amount of time during those events uh, whether you're racing for the lead or for just trying to hang on to the draft in the top 10 uh, i feel like you know not only do you need to have a good race car but you need to be really focused behind the wheel as well. And that's going to, you know, be a big factor in helping you develop these last few seasons. Yeah. They're, they're spec race cars. And, yep. um, you know, I feel like that series has just made me really aware of everything that's going on around me. You don't have a spotter, so you're using your mirrors and, and you got to understand what's going on around you and where you need to be in a position. Cause those are all like chess, chess games. I mean, you got to be in the right spot on the last lap to be able to win the race. So um, you know, those Daytona races are so much fun. Just like it's basically 40 minutes of preparing yourself to be in the right spot on the last lap. And everybody wants to be on the right spot on the last lap. So, you know, you're battling the entire race to try and be in second or third come the white flag. So it takes a lot of mental and, and I mean, you can, you can be a little bit off at per se Daytona and still win the race. You don't have yeah. to be the fastest car. The smartest guy is going to win the race. So, um, you know, that's one thing I really like about that series is, you know, if we go to St. Pete, obviously the fastest guy is going to win the race because there's not a lot of draft there. But at Daytona, you got to be the smartest guy and 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 understand what's going on around you. And I feel like that has helped me a lot in a lot of different series. It's just made me really aware of what's going on and um, given me a good understanding of racing and, and racecraft. And I feel like I've gotten to gotten to learn a lot through that series. Yeah, one of the coolest series to watch, and, and I, I'm on my weekly soapbox every time I'm at an IMSA race tweeting out, like, guys, the Mazda, Mazda race one is on right now. Let's get to the television and check it out because you don't want to miss it. And it was cool to get to watch you win, too, uh, in Laguna. Um, going back to Watkins Glen before we wrap this up, obviously you've got experience there, and, and the arc of fields kind of hit or miss. I mean, there's some drivers that have been there, maybe in a little bit different equipment, um, but relatively – a lot of inexperience there. So can you use that to your advantage, especially knowing obviously, you know, key passing zones are probably down to turn one and, and, and maybe some other areas, but uh, can you kind of exploit that a little bit and maybe find some areas that you can capitalize that others can't? Yeah, I, I definitely feel like I've got 
kind of an upper hand going into the weekend. Um, I've raced at Watkins Glen twice and um, just based off how prepared I am, I feel like I have a lot more knowledge than a lot of those guys that may race ARCA and, and might be full-time drivers and whatever it may be. I feel like going into the weekend, I don't feel like a rookie really, or like I'm making my debut. I feel like I'm as prepared as or more prepared than any of those guys. So, um, you know, I, I definitely feel like there's some sort of an advantage going into it, but at the same time, I don't know how they race. I don't know. I mean, I've watched it on TV, but that's the extent of it. So, um, you know, there's some unknowns obviously going in, but at the same time, I feel like I've got a lot of knowledge and, um, a, a really good understanding of what's, what's going to go down when I get there. You know, <laughs> some getting used to running the short course, then the, the long course turn five, you know, you're not zipping down into the boot. Like, you know, you have in the past, you know, you're going on to that short straightaway that connects you to turn five to turn six. Yeah, it's obviously different. And, um, you know, maybe the first lap or two, it'll be something new, but just the amount of simulation I've done and um, the amount of laps I've run on the short course at this point on, on a simulator, I feel like I'm honestly more prepared for, for the short course than I would be the long course. And, um, you know, I feel like I've got a really good understanding of where the track heads and, and um, you know, I feel like I've almost been there before at this point from how many laps I've run on a simulator. So um, it might be new for the first lap or two, finding some references here and there, but, um, you know, at this point, I feel like I've been there before. Well, you're good at a lot of things, and now you've added another one because you told us before the show, too, you've done some announcing. So if the racing thing doesn't work out, is that something you're interested in? Tell us a little bit about that because I I'm going to have to start looking over my shoulder here. You're going to be coming <laughs> for my job here in the next couple of years. Yeah, that's one of the things. Like, if I don't make it as a race car driver, which I hope I do, um, I want to be in the sport somehow, some way or another, but, um, you know, kind of like a Parker Kligerman who would go run the Xfinity race and announce the cup race. I feel like that's, that's pretty awesome. And, um, not only do you get to announce the race, you get a better understanding of what's going on. And, um, you know, you watch the race in a, at a, at a new, I guess, from a new perspective. So, um, you know, whatever I can do to keep myself at the racetrack is, is what I'm going to try and do. So, um, you know, announcing has been kind of one thing that I've, taken 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 in a little bit the last year or so i've announced a few races at this point so um it's definitely different and, and it takes some learning and getting used to when there's nothing going on in a race you don't know what to talk about that's the hardest thing um finding finding some gap words i guess to to, to yeah. talk about um but i enjoy it and it's a lot of fun and you know i get to do it on a, a low-key level and just kind of make mistakes and not really anybody's watching it so um you know i feel like if i get the the big chance i'll be prepared well, you're, you're well on your way. I don't think you're going to have to worry about the driving part of it, so I think that's pretty solidified. But if if not, I think the announcing thing's awesome because I was in the same boat. I mean, I didn't make it nearly as far as you did in your career. I was just in micro sprints before I decided to hang up. But, yes, <laughs> great great avenue to come down to. So, Connor, uh, congratulations on all the success up to this point. Best of luck this weekend. We'll see you down there at Watkins Glen. Uh, with a new race team this year, I know this was the first year for them, RPG, and, and the fact Luke has done so well, I mean, that's got to speak volumes to the confidence going into this weekend. Yeah, most definitely. Um, Shane Huffman's a really smart guy, and all those all those guys have done a lot to, to help me and make me feel comfortable in the car. So, um, you know, at this point, it's in my hands to go out there and, and do my job and execute. So we'll see how it goes. All right, it's Connor Zilch going to make his debut. Pinnacle Racing Group at the Arkham Menard Series General Tire 100 at Watkins Glen. Friday night, you can hear the coverage on the Motor Racing Network. Coming up next, we're going to talk calendar and news and notes before we wrap up the show here on Coast to Coast, presented by Wheel & Engineering. 
Wheeland Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, designs and manufactures reliable and powerful warning lights, white illumination lighting, sirens, controllers and warning systems for the automotive, aviation and mass notification industries worldwide. Wheeland products are designed, sourced and manufactured in America and tested on site to meet the toughest industry standards. Wheeland Engineering, manufactured in America for over 70 years. We never left and we're here to stay. Welcome back to NASCAR Coast to Coast, presented by Wheelan Engineering. Kyle, a star in the making. I mean, already is a star. I get to watch him win several times this year already, but I think he's going to turn a lot of heads in the Arkham Menard Series ranks here this year with this debut, and it won't be the last time we see him. Maybe not even this year. We'll see how you know Watkins Glen goes, but certainly when it comes to road racing, uh, one of the best young talents coming up the ranks here in Connor. I love this show. I feel like this is the second week in a row, and, and obviously many times already this season that we have said, man, they are a star of the future. Lane Riggs last week, Connor this week, and uh, yeah, he's got a lot of great personality, has so much experience at such a young age, uh, whether it be road racing or now on the ovals st- uh, side of things, the Cars Tour, winning a race earlier this year at Ace. Um going to be fun to watch and see what he can do this weekend, this Friday at Watkins Glen International, a track that he knows and a car that he's kind of unfamiliar with, but I don't think it'll take him long to get up to speed. I don't think so either. Kyle, you'll be a part of the Motor Racing Network crew on the call for the Arkham Menard Series race. I'll be down there, not on the broadcast, but I'm going to definitely want to get a first up close and person look at, at Connor's debut, and I'll be down, I'm sure, patrolling the pits. I may even come stand with you up in the turn. What do you think? Do you yeah, can I? Sure. Okay. All right. Well, I didn't know if that was, you know, you were going to be like, no, I wanted to see you, but I appreciate it. Thank you, Kyle, for the invite. Uh-huh. Uh, let's talk about the racing coming up this weekend. So we had talked about ARCA at Watkins Glen uh, briefly. Obviously, Connor and, and Brent Cruz going to be kind of the road racing ringers making their debuts. But anybody else, turn your head a little bit, especially when we turn left and right. Obviously, you know, we talk about Jesse Love and the dominance he's had, and, and certainly he's a good road racer too. But is there somebody else that could be – you know, seeing this as an opportunity to maybe get a either first career win or a long overdue win. Well, Corey LaJoy's in the field and could be a factor on Friday afternoon. Obviously, an NASCAR Cup Series veteran. Last time he raced in the ARCA Series, New Hampshire Motor Speedway many years ago. I think it's back in 2016, and he won on that afternoon. So uh, he could be one of those drivers that spoil the party up front for, for Jesse Love. But, yeah, great, uh, great, very diverse Fields. Uh, look forward to, to seeing what they can do out there on Friday evening to kick off a busy race weekend at the Glen. Yeah, very busy race weekend and a quick turnaround, Kyle. A triple header within nine days. They go right from Watkins Glen to the Springfield Mile, the dirt. So talk about a tri- trio of, of different tracks. We had IRP, the short track. We got the Watkins Glen Road Course. And then we go to the dirt for the first time. Tony, or uh, not Tony, uh, T- Taylor Reimer, I should say, the Toyota racing development driver on the dirt midget side of things with Keith Coons Motorsports is going to make her debut on the dirt. But Kyle, I mean, that's a grind when you look at these teams. Again, not big budget teams. If you, I mean, if you take Venturini Motorsports and McAnally aside, but I mean, this is a tough, tough thing to do. Turn around in just three days and go race on the dirt. And if you have trouble at Watkins Glen, a lot yeah. of these teams don't have, you know, two, three, four cars lying around. Sometimes it's just one, maybe two. So get out of Watkins Glen clean, load up, 
and then make the drive to race on, on Sunday afternoon, uh, less than 48 hours between races, and then less than a week until you have to be at the Milwaukee Mile in Wisconsin. So what is it, three races in like nine days or eight days? Yeah. So it's going to be quite a grind here as we hit the uh, the end of the summer stretch for the Arkham Menard Series, no doubt. Yeah, keep your car clean. And, of course, the setup changes too, going from uh, road racing to dirt and then converting yep. it back to a short track. This is definitely the, the time of year that uh, championship teams, championship drivers are made, is who can handle the grind and and, and keep their stuff clean for this uh, three-race stretch. So good stuff. Again, Motor Racing Network, Watkins Glen. Uh, we will also have a Milwaukee Mile next week. So good stuff there. All right, NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour. Kyle, we mentioned at the top of the show you're going to be venturing up to Thompson uh, here this week. What can we what can we expect? A midweek show for the Ground Pounders. Championship battle is always tight as ever, but Thompson's just a classic, you know, New England racetrack that we've talked about for umpteen, umpteen years now is one of the coolest places to race. Yeah, and the tour's been racing there on and off since 1985. Took a couple of years off recently around the COVID era. Returned to the racetrack uh, last year for the first time in two years. Eric Goodale was able to pick up the, the latest win there. Not right now, part of the championship battle, but should be a contender here later tonight. 26 cars are on the entry list. Uh, great field. So by the time uh, this show is aired, we'll know who won. So again, don't spoil it, but it's always a great event. Uh, whenever the modifieds at the high banks of the Thompson International Speedway, kind of the, the the super speedway of short track racing up here in New England, high banks, long straightaways, one of the oldest racetracks in America, opening in 1940, uh, the oldest asphalt uh, the oldest asphalt racetrack in the country. So, uh, gonna be a good show. Well, and if you're going to the racetrack, if you're listening to this show in the New England area, and obviously this will be a little bit too late, but go say hi to Kyle. He's friendly. Maybe sign some so, autographs or pictures or things like that. No That's autographs. Good. Oh, okay. All right. Well, good stuff from Thompson coming up this week. Again, coming up when we air this show on Wednesday. Uh, Kyle, a lot of weekly racing going on as we kind of hit that late summer. Kids are going back to school. I know we got a lot of weekly racing on the flow racing dial this week as well from everywhere. Langley, South Boston. But how's Stafford looking for Friday? I know you're not going to be there, but... You guys have had a, a, another a, a good stretch of races here this uh, last few weeks. Yeah, had some incredible moments here last Friday night. Uh, second generation driver and former Wheel and Modified Tour champion Rick Fuller. Uh, his daughter Megan picked up her first SK Light Modified win and an incredible race where the top six were uh, double wide and three wide coming down to the checkered flag in what was, I think, a 31 car field. Uh, great late model race last week. Uh, we're back at it again this week with the Lincoln Tech Open 80 for the Open Modifieds. Uh, do well in Friday night's race, and you're on the front row for the Napa Auto Parts Fall Final here in a couple of weeks, kind of a front row qualifier that the Speedway announced here last week. So there's a lot on the line this Friday night, and you know, modified racing up here has, in general, been very active. Matt Hirschman won the Monaco Modified Tri-Track race last Saturday night at the new London Waterford Speed Bowl, also here in Connecticut. So uh, it's been a busy seven days or so for the Connecticut short tracks, and it's uh, not about to slow down unless Mother Nature gets in the way, as she has so many times this season. But uh, right now, it's all looking good. We hope not, and uh, best luck to Bonza holding down the fort. We'll be tuned in live uh, to him on Flow Racing. So good stuff yeah. on Friday. 
at Stafford. All right, Kyle, don't forget MRN, and I know you're going to be making your way down there on Thursday. MRN is on the air for a triple header at Watkins Glen in the beautiful beautiful Finger Lakes region of upstate New York. Again, Friday for the Arkham Menard Series, General Tire 100. Saturday, we'll have Cup Series practice and qualifying, followed by the NASCAR Xfinity Series event up there as they get close to playoff cut, uh, cut line as well. And then Sunday, the NASCAR Cup Series will take on Watkins Glen and Chase Elliott. This is probably the one he's got circled if he's going to win to get in. Can he get it done? A two-time winner there. We'll see what happens on Sunday. Again, that's all on the Motor Racing Network. Well, thanks so much to Connor Zilch for joining us on the show. Kyle, any final thoughts before you uh, get on the bird? Or are, are you driving? I guess you're driving down to Watkins Glen, so enjoy your drive. I'm driving. It's a great drive. Um, I was kind of dreading it last year, and, and once I did it for the first time, it's like this isn't bad. It's a pretty drive. Uh, take my time. We'll get up there uh, midday on on Thursday and, and be ready to go for a uh, triple header weekend of racing, beginning with ARCA, the ARCA action on Friday. Sounds good. We'll see you down there this weekend. All right, for our producer, Pat Jaggers, Kyle, Ricky, my name is Chris Wilner. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of NASCAR Coast to Coast presented by Wheelin Engineering on the road, in the air, and around the world. Wheelin is trusted to be seen, trusted to be heard, and trusted to perform. Enjoy your weekend of racing. Talk about it all next time. The NASCAR season is here, and Toyota Racing is looking for clashers. Did you clash at the Coliseum with your favorite Toyota drivers? Clashing with the HOA, who won't let you carve bell number 20 into your lawn. Or maybe your Tyler Reddick shirt clashed with your pants while meeting the in-laws. If you're a clasher, then we want you. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc.